Action. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're back again to our second session of topics. And the, in this second session, we're going to talk about internal services and how to provision internal services. So we got Omer here again. Hi, Omer. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, so Omer uh, agreed to it do this session again. It would get awkward and awkward as we go. This as was just a minor version of the awkwardness and it will go and increase. Exactly. And uh, Omer <laughs> agreed to do it again only because he wanted to make another thumbnail for the video. So now I wonder how it yeah. will look like in the end. That's the only reason. <laughs> so today I we're going to... have a theme now. have <laughs> <laughs> a new hobby. Um, yeah. So how to provision internal services for your own company. So I'll just say one word about it. Let's say we want to provision... Okay, that, like the question is, how do I provision an internal service to my own company like SonarCube, Prometheus, Grafana? What considerations should I, should I take into consideration? Yeah, what should I do? And we're going just to talk about it and see like uh, what Omer thinks, what I think. Um, so Omer, I'll just start with you. If I just tell you, Omer, I need you to spawn SonarCube. And you know, it got to speak with Git and it's got to be available only to employees and stuff. So what, what's, the first thing, what's the first thing that comes up to your mind when I say that? What are you going to do? Okay, let's first differentiate. We're talking about internally deployed services, right? As I'm hosting it. Yeah. not uh, buying a SaaS and, and integrating that. Exactly. So that's perfect. So that's perfect. Although I do try to uh, use everything in its SaaS version, simply because I don't have to manage the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Putting that aside, um, my go-to is to, to do have some kind of internal infrastructure to hold internal services. Uh, in my case, that would be either ECS or EKS. Uh, full honesty, I'm deploying it now on ECS because it's easy with uh, Fargate on spots and everything. It's You don't pay too much. It's there. It works. Uh, no servers, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, do you have a thing where you double click on uh, ECS to just to make sure our people here know what's ECS? So double click on that. Right. Like you ECS say. is the uh, container orchestrator of AWS. Uh, it's their proprietary solution for an orchestrator, same as HashiCorp Nomad or uh, Kubernetes. Kubernetes by Kubernetes. Um, so that's it. We are mm -hmm. transitioning into EKS, not for a reason of an upgrade or something. That's something internal that we need to do uh, for our product. Uh, ECS is perfect for that. We're still using it. Uh, having that said, internal services need to be protected in some way, right? Because you're hosting them. First of all, obviously, you're hosting them internally. You don't want to uh, serve them publicly. So mm -hmm. publicly means two things. First of all, you don't want them to sit in a public network, as in, as with every other application that you install, whether that's internal or not, you want them to sit in a private network. And the second thing, you want them to be only accessible with some kind of shield in front of them by internal employees. Okay. Uh, the easiest go-to is a VPN, I think, right? You install a VPN, it can be AWS VPN, Open VPN, whatever VPN you like, and you're there. Problem is <laughs> with the VPN, first, you have to manage it. Second, most more often than not, you have to pay for it. Um, and third, it's it goes um, against this uh, new modern notion of zero, zero trust uh, network access. <laughs> zero trust authentication. Yeah. Now, do you want to okay. double click on zero trust? What it means? Yeah, just 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 for a bit. You know, every time we take a bit by bit. So zero trust. Go ahead. Put simply, uh, when you use a VPN and you're connected to the VPN, 
assuming you're deployed uh, as most companies use their VPN, you're in the network. And that's it. From that point on, uh, you're accessible to all whatever bit of internal infrastructure you're trying to get to. If you're coming from the VPN, you're there. Uh, so someone uh, described it in a nice analogy of uh, of a castle, right? You have a castle and it has like its main gate. Once you're through the gate, you can access anything. Uh, as long as the gate is locked, you're, st you're outside. Zero Trust says, um, I don't care whether you're inside or outside. When you make a request, whether internally, publicly, I don't care. I'm going to authenticate you each and every time. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Uh, so in my case, I chose not to go with VPN and I chose to go with the, with a Zero Trust proxy. OAuth proxy is an open source project. Um, so we can put a link to the OAuth proxy. Some people use it everywhere. Like you can put so, it on so EC2, that's like EKS, a service where you ECS. put in a public subnet, like publicly publicly available to anyone, and then it's available to authenticate, and only then you can continue to your private services, right? Exactly. Okay, exactly. so I'll just give one alternative to that because this is like a service yeah. that you deploy by yourself. So I like Cloudflare's Zero Trust Network Authentication. Amazing, which is, amazing yeah, solution. It's, a, it's amazing. Definitely. So we'll put OAuth 2 Proxy and Cloudflare ZTNA. Okay, we'll put a link to that. But I'm going to give you something better now. Oh, okay. Uh, ah. I found a project by BuzzFeed that's called SSO. BuzzFeed SSO basically wraps around OAuth Proxy but it deploys two components. One is a proxy and the other is an auth proxy. When you first log in to the system, you're coming in our case, uh, G Suite, right? So you're coming as a Google user. Yeah. Um, you're reaching to the auth proxy and auth proxy lets you authenticate with a Google user. Once you're authenticated, it stores a cookie um, and then you're passed on to the uh, proxy, which sends you wherever you want to go. Uh, let's assume I have five internal services, right? Uh, Grafana and... Prometheus. Um, logged in, I'm going to Grafana, doing my thing, then I'm moving back. Uh, but now I want to jump to Prometheus. Mm -hmm. With a standard deployment, I'm not sure about uh, Cloudflare, by the way, but uh, with a standard deployment, if you want to move to Prometheus, you have to authenticate again because that's a different service. Yeah. With uh, BuzzFeed SSO, it takes a look. That That's exactly uh, the component they added. They have a cache, so the cache is the cookie. They see the cookie. If the cookie is not expired yet, it lets you through to the proxy and you don't have to re-authenticate yourself again and again and again. Now, when you have two services, that's not a big of a problem. But if you have 10 or 20 internal services and it often grows as the company grows, it becomes very annoying to re-authenticate yourself each and every step. So this thing stores a cookie. You can obviously choose the cookie timeout, a day, two, seven, whatever. Um, and as long as the cookie is valid, you can pass through to the proxy and go on. I just so that's have what a question use. about that. Now you got me interested. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. say you, you have uh, Grafana and you mm -hmm. have SonarCube. Now inside those applications, I mean, I, mean, I don't remember if SonarCube has its self-authentication, uh, but you know, each application has its own maybe authorization stuff. Like if you're an admin right. user, right? So now right. I'm wondering about the BuzzFeed that you said, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed SSO. So the first gate is the ZTNA, right? First, you authenticate just to get inside yes. the network. After that, you'll also right. have to authenticate as yourself, as the user who is going to use the application either way, right? It's not like getting me, let's say Grafana. So Grafana, I know for sure they that's, have- That's perfectly correct. Mm -hmm. Perfectly okay. correct. So, so two, two authentications. Yes. So I first of all, I just want to add uh, before that, when you go through the SSO, it's probably with any other zero trust. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a configuration file where you can say, 
I say uh, that mycompany.com, uh, each email that comes with that can access the system, can start accessing the system. That either, Otherwise, if you're not coming from that domain, uh, you won't be able to even start the process. Mm -hmm. uh, you start the process, and then it takes a look at your G Suite group, in our case. So you can differentiate between groups. And if you're coming from production at company.com, it will let you through for certain services. And if you're coming from uh, whatever, CGO business site, growth uh, team, it won't let you in some cases and in others. Right, so you can manage mm -hmm. it per groups, and it's really, really convenient. Uh, okay. That said, let's go back to your question about the authentication, double authentication. So Grafana, for example, because it's a recent one, uh, and a lot of systems do have anonymous login. So you can just enable an anonymous access with read-only permissions. That's what we do in Grafana. Okay. And then once you're there, you're there. In case you want to actually do something and edit or add dashboards or add metrics or data sources, you need to authenticate yourself. And then based on your authorization, um, you're able to do certain things. So I like that. I'll definitely write it down somewhere, you know, where like, first of all, do the ZTNA, you know, do the first authentication. And after that, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do the double authentication, just allow anonymous authentication. Okay. Yes. Write it, writing it down. All right. So, all right. okay. So because you don't you're have... trusting your proxy. So this does the work of, of protecting you. The next level is just level of authorization, right? Mm -hmm. You're based on the role that you have. You can do certain things. Yeah, and I like that. You know, if you like, if you want to edit something, just uh, add another username and password or stuff, and get your things done. So let's move on quickly because we don't have much time because we want to make it as short as possible. So we got like three or four minutes left to talk about the rest. Okay, now let's brainstorm maybe about the rest. So we got the authentication. Like, let's put it aside. Now, what else you think about? So after authentication. What else do you ask maybe the teams? Like, uh, what do you ask your VP r and I don't know, the manager or the person who told you, listen, I need SonarCube. Even let's focus on that because I know it also connects to Git. So okay. do, you, do you have like any questions that you're like, uh, what's the availability, durability, how many backups? Let's, let's go over the list. You know, what do you usually ask your, your, your internal client? Okay. Um, I think the same as I would ask any other deployment of any application. Mm -hmm. um, let's take whatever, SonarCube. Um, we need some kind of availability and we need to understand what happens if it's not available, right? So in my case, I'm using ECS on spots. If I were to deploy something that needs to be available 24 hours and scale up, I probably wouldn't choose spots because if it's not available in, the moment, in that moment and this, well, SonarCube for more often than not is integrated into your CI pipeline. If mm -hmm. this is down and all the pipelines are now failing because SonarCube is down, I have a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So before even asking anyone, I need to understand what it's doing and what uh, what processes is it part of. Yeah, we had a technical glitch and we're not going to remove it. Okay, go ahead, move on. It wasn't a technical glitch. <laughs> I wanted to test you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So back to the thing, uh, as with any other application, internal application, you need to understand where is it connected to. If it breaks your CI across the board or in the entire company, you probably want it highly available. Uh, if it has stores production data, if it's stateless, stateful, you want to know certain things to make uh, decisions based on that. Uh, most of my applications, for example, you can tell me about yours, are deployed on spot instances. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I need stateful, like, persistent storage um, using either EFS for the Fargate containers um, or S3, if it makes sense in the certain uh, application, but that's it. So yeah, my so, data is persistent, even though I'm using spots. Okay. So to keep, okay. To keep this session still short, 
and to leave a bit of a taste, you know, like how we say in Hebrew, so to keep another and more taste for the next session, <laughs> I say let's stop here, but the next one will also focus on like, uh, I think the major problem that I'm always facing is like having a backend server, frontend server, and how do you protect those like for internal services, you know, like how do you protect an S3 bucket for, in, for internal employees and so only they can access it. And how do you protect the API calls for the backend server without telling the employees to double authenticate? You know, it, it gets crazy, but we're not going to deal with it right now. We're going to talk All about right. it in the next session. It's going to be super fun. A, lo a lot a lot to unpack there, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we talked about now, Omer, now this time is for you to sum it up. Okay, so you summarized this session. I did it last time. All right, so what we had. So uh, our question was, how do we deploy internal services? Because... A lot of time we have internal applications and we need to do something with them. My tip to everyone, even if you don't have any kind of application, just create the framework for it. Auth, proxy, VPN, whatever you choose, build an infrastructure because someday you're going to have an application and then you're going to have 10 more. So we discussed different options. We discussed how we can use a VPN, uh, a proxy, Auth, proxy in that case. I'm using BuzzFeed SSO. We link uh, down below to the project so you can use that as well. Uh, ECS, EKS, wherever you want to use. My go-to is zero trust authentication. I think that's another link we need to use uh, below just so people that don't know it can read more. That's it. And I also add the thing that I like that once you have uh, an internal application like Grafana, when you do the ZTNA, right, you can do the authentication and then allow providing anonymous authentication for read-only. Keep only. an anonymous user. Yeah, yes. for read-only users, you can do that. For admin users, you'll probably need a second authentication. So one by the way point, in case that's for Grafana because I just did it yesterday. Grafana yeah. also has an integration with uh, G Suite. In my case, I'm using Google. Yeah. So not only you have an anonymous user, you can keep going with the same uh, Google user you just authenticated through the OAuth proxy. So it's just another click and you're authenticated into Grafana with your own permissions. That's perfect. In cool. That so maybe we'll also see that in the next session. We'll like, I don't know, provision some dummy server and try that, you know, just to see how we do things Let's uh, do it. live. Okay, so thank you very much. Stopping this recording. Bye, everyone. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs>